I think we're going live here. So it should be good. All right. Coming up live here. So yeah, if you uh, get that link there, go ahead and uh, click it and come on in. This is one come join, hang out for a little bit. Here's my daughter Hazel. Um, We are in live. Let's see if we can find. There it is. All right. Oh, I'll mute that. <laughs> live here. So yeah, if you uh, get cool. Um, copy link address. All right. So if you if you'd like to join join me live, you can click the link in the description there, and. Uh, well, yeah, there's also a phone number that you can join in audio-wise there. If you want to come and join join me on audio, you can call in. Um, <clears throat> is that you on the screen, sis? And that screen right there? <laughs> yeah, so how's you guys doing this morning? Uh, how are you guys uh, in your in your quiet times and your... Uh, um, what, is, what has the Lord been teaching you this morning? It's been, been a neat... Um, a neat, you had a neat, neat time, um, you know, reading, reading scripture and, and, uh, so actually, and then reading this article on, on Facebook about, um, you know, about, you know, different, different, you know, which I posted earlier, different tips for, uh, um, what's it called for, <laughs> for like, for going live on social media and stuff. Right. Uh, and so, um, you know, especially for pastors, you know, we're, we're such a hard, it's such it's so hard to preach to a, a, a an empty room, right? Um, so, uh, giving a few, you know some tips and, and stuff for for pastors who are uh, po posting live. Who, uh, oh, thank you. It's my lovely wife. Everyone, say hi. I'm Hello, my... everybody. <laughs> All right. Am I taking you? Okay. Yeah. Say right. goodbye, Hazel. Goodbye. Bye, Hazel. <laughs> Bye, Hazel. So, which is funny, one of those fun things about, you know, working from home, right, is the, uh, the, the kids are always around and, you know, coming in, especially now having a home office, uh, the kids are constantly able to come, come around and, and hang out. Uh, <clears throat> and let, yeah, let me know if you have any uh, troubles or anything logging in uh, to, uh, to Zoom. You should just be able to click the link. And uh, if you're joining on a phone, you can download the app. Um, I believe for your for for the uh, um, was it for the uh, uh, for computer? It's just like a plug-in. I don't think you actually have to download a specific app or anything. But if you wanted to join in on on this, uh, you know, you just click the link or, or dial dial one of the numbers. Most people have cell phones, and so long distance doesn't really matter. And then it'll ask you for that um, meeting ID. You just type that, you know, key that in and, and be able to, to join. Um, yeah, one of the things that was interesting, about, even about the article, was how it talked about um, uh, just being able to um, to track, in, you know, the data live uh, when you're when you're broadcasting a sermon. Uh, but it's really interesting to see um, 
Oh. There we are. There's one here. Hey, homie. Hey, everyone. This is my friend Kim. What's up? What's up? Oh, I'm so glad to be here with you. Yeah, I'm so excited for you to be on Zoom with me, too. Yay. So excited. I love those glasses. Those are fun. Thank you. They're fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, I mean, I just wanted to introduce you know, to introduce it to everyone. So everyone, this is my my friend, Kim. Um, so she is, she and I went to seminary together. Um, and, uh, keep going, keep yeah. talking. And we, uh, we, we met actually in our, we were in an orientation group together. <laughs> yes. I think the first time we met was at that Mexican restaurant that we took us yeah, out. Yeah, we sat right next to each other at that Mexican yes. restaurant in seminary, like yeah. a dozen years ago. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> man, it's been so long ago. Oh my gosh, but uh, so yeah, so we've been friends ever since two thousand and nine, January two thousand nine. So man, eleven years now. I know it's so good, and it's still like a really good friendship. Yeah, it's it's wonderful, and that's it's it's kind of always reminds me of the the song you had, Michael W. Smith's song, the uh, you know, friends are friends forever if the Lord is the Lord of them, right? <laughs> yes, that's it. Yeah, the God puts together, let no man tear apart. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I'm just saying, our friendship is totally formed by God, and there's nothing I don't think we can do to mess that up. Yeah, yeah. I even got to, got a chance to marry you and your husband, you know, our, our, our friend James. Yeah. So, yeah. I was just talking about um, getting into, so I read this article about uh, being able to, uh, what's it called? Um, Da, 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 my, my brain <laughs> um being able to uh um like pre you know preaching to an empty room for pastors you know we're you know taught you know we're not we're not taught this in seminary right we're not taught right. how, uh, um, <laughs> how to deal with crisis situations like this and how to uh um deal with you know coronavirus scares and and having to preach only online and do ministry like this over the inter internet, right? Absolutely. I mean, in preaching class, we had like a dozen people there, you know? I mean, every time we preached, we had people there listening to us. We could get visual cues, feedback, you know, an amen here and there, but but we got to see like mm -hmm. the boredom in their eyes and we knew we needed to, to shift directions <laughs> or we got to see the excitement and, and knew that we were on point. We got to watch people sometimes cry mm -hmm. and know that we were making an impact. And that's mm -hmm. just not the case here. You know, we're, yeah. we're just not getting to, to do that. Um, so it's very, very different. Yeah. Are you standing and preaching in front of the pulpit on Sunday mm -hmm. to an empty church? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm on the, on the stage there. And I've got the, like a TV next to me for like my notes, and, you know, like my all my different like you know pro presenter stuff going on. Mm -hmm. um, but so I've also so it's interesting. So I've got my computer there, and I've got so like you can kind of see on on the side. I've got my pro presenter, but then I've got like I can see all the comments and people who are joining, and so mm -hmm. I can see how many people are on at the cer at a certain time. Uh, even though it only I, I think it only shows me my friends, but but oh. the guy was a. So I think because I don't see other people like logging on when it's showing you know, when it's saying if I'm not friends with them I don't think it's showing them. Um, but one of the interesting things that the guy in the, this article said is that you know with all this ability to see when people are logging in and when people are logging off, um, it, there's this really interesting dynamic of 
okay, now that we're able to see all these analytics and see when we preach, when we're preaching about something, when the thing goes up and when we're preaching about, you know, something else that starts to go down. And he was indicating that when we start, when he was preaching about grace, when he was preaching about something that, you know, helped uplift people's spirits, he saw the numbers climb. But when he right. started to you know, talk about repentance and, you know, and, and stuff like that, like he started to see a decline. And it just got me thinking, you know, not so much that, because I think one of the biggest critical elements that people can draw from that is, okay, when we start to talk about changing, changing our minds and changing our actions, um, how people don't like it. And so they're like, eh, I'm out. Um, but I think it's also how we approach it as well, because grace people, you know, I think people, whether they're a Christian or not, love grace. They love knowing that they are enough for Christ, knowing that they are accepted by Jesus and loved. Um, and it's, I think about that, like with your, with even your, your, your job, you know, what you do is you, you talk to people, you counsel people in how to change for the better. And so do you, I mean, That's you literally like what I do, you know, what I think people, um, what I want people to understand about our dynamic is that you and I are, um, really kind of a dream team when it comes to to uh to leading bible study to like teaching bible study because you're so very good at bringing in the historical so very good at bringing in the 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 truth of the scripture and then i always ask okay but like what are we supposed to do with that you know what i mean so like then it becomes the practical part of it and that's that's where I think that um, we've always just complimented each other really, really well when, when we have a chance to do that, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm just glad to be on here visiting with you just even, even for a few minutes this morning to kind of talk about the, the practicals of what, what you're, whatever it is that you're teaching and talking about. Yeah. I mean, like, even as I'm thinking about that, like, you know, trying to think about, you know, when I'm preparing my sermons, you know, well, how I've, you know, these last couple of weeks, at least specifically, have been trying to, because of, you know, that was one, another thing that he was talking about is how timeless they are, because basically, you know, they're going to be archived for years to come. And so it's not just going to be right now in the situation that people are going to be watching these sermons, right? but it's in the future, you know, because someone be, could be watching these, you know, this, you know, you know, two, three years down the road. And right. so wanting it to be timeless, but in the same time, timely. Like, right. where are we right now? And how could it also help later in the future? Like remembering back to this time and maybe where we're at two, three years in the future. You know, how can it be timeless, but also for us right now to be timely and to be reminded of, you know, cause you know, specifically this morning, you know, this morning with this, this time with that, this article and just what I was reading, reading about in scripture, um, just this people love grace. People don't like to be told, repent you know and that, as we've been talking about here at shift you know that word repent it's like I always feel like you know Montoya, you know you keep using this word i do not think it means what you think it means you know right. like it's such a mindset word as opposed to like this like condemning word it's yeah. it for me is such a hopeful word you know mm -hmm. that that idea of changing your mind and i'm i don't know if that's the direction that, that you're preaching yeah. with it Exactly. But it's really just this concept of change your mind, you know, mm -hmm. and and how do you change your mind? And right. and part of that is taking every thought captive to Christ, you yeah. know. I mean, how do you change your mind? It, it 
and, and I try to explain this to people who sit in my office and want to have a conversation about whatever it is that's going on and they're stuck and they're really, really stuck. Yeah. And that's so it, stuck. it literally like yeah. stop thinking about that thing. Like mm. how do you change your mind? You stop thinking about a thing on purpose. Mm-hmm. And part of that is you have to have a plan. And you know, I feel about having a plan. You got to yeah. have a plan. And so if you know that you struggle with thinking about your financial future in a way that causes mm-hmm. worry and, and fear and dread and all of those things to come up, come up in you and you need to repent of the way the, the, uh, of, of that situation and the fear that's involved in it and all mm-hmm. of that, you need to repent. If you need to change your mind then you need a plan. And what that plan says is when I start thinking about my finances, then I'm going to recognize that I'm thinking about my finances and I'm going to instead think about this other thing, have a plan, know what you're going to think about when you stop thinking about your finances. And so it's really just a matter of making sure that you've got an intentional plan in place Mm -hmm. to stop thinking about a thing. I mean, replacement therapy is, is really important, you know, um, that in, in the process of repentance. Yeah. It's, it's, you, you said that making that plan, it made me think about, you know, what we've been doing at shift church is, you know, we, you know, we have a vision you know, we have a vision and a plan and, and a, uh, because you know, a lot of churches will have like a purpose statement and a, and a, and a mission statement, but they have no plan. They don't have a plan. They don't have a plan for it. Like if you want, okay, we want to see, you know, transformation, you know, personal spiritual transformation through authentic community, like actually creating this authentic community, you know, why? Because we want to, we want to accomplish the work that God has given us to do. And so I feel like I would have failed you as a friend in 11 years if I hadn't taught you, you got to make a plan. You yeah. Know what I mean? Seriously, yeah, I feel like an absolute failure as a friend, as, yeah. as well, a co-laborer, if I wasn't like, Alan, make a plan. And yeah. you, 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 you stepped into this role and you started making plans for, for the growth and for the leadership and for the development of this church, mm-hmm. for the church body in a mm-hmm. way that, that had the community in mind. You weren't trying to, to turn this church into anything that you've ever been a part of and loved before. You wanted mm-hmm. it to be what it was supposed to be for this mm-hmm. group of people for this season in this mm-hmm. place. And I love that, that you took mm-hmm. all of those things into consideration when you made a plan. Yeah. Because what works in West comma Texas is yeah. not what works in Montana. It's different. What works right. in Waco, Texas right. is not what works yeah. there. Is the grace the same? Absolutely. Right. Is God the same? Absolutely. But is the environment different? Yeah. Yes, it is. Um, yeah. And so yeah. I just applaud the fact that you've so intentionally created a plan with mm. the people of your community in mind. Mm. And I hope they know that. Mm. Thank you for that. Thank, thank yeah. you for saying that. Yeah. One, one thing I was thinking about when, when you talk, when we talk about change. So I was thinking about this, this kept talking about this thing, you know, talking about repentance. And the sermon that I had heard from, you know, preached from over in Seattle, um, <clears throat> you know, is this like, you know, this confession, contrition, and then change. And so it's, you know, and seeing that as, you know, as seeing, so I want to backtrack a little bit. So going back to like, you know, the word, we keep talking about change your mind. And I want to, you know, articulate that the reason why we say change our mind is that, you know, it literally means, you know, meta, and, you know, the word is metanoia. So it literally means meta, meaning change, 
morph, meta change, your, you know, noyeo, because um, metanoia, noyeo is the root word, mind. It's, that means thinking, means logic, your way of thinking. So it's changing your way of thinking is basically what yep. metanoia, the word repentance, <coughs> comes from. I found out that Jerome actually, when he translated the Vulgate in the, se in the second century, third century, uh -huh. um, he actually used the word for do penance in the Latin instead of changing your mind um, in, from the original Greek. So he's actually the one that kind of started this penance, you know, feeling condemnation, feeling this, this weight of judgment for wrong actions, right? And so that's when that word took on that, that connotation of repent. You know, there's almost like this terrible weight on your shoulders. Like I'm a terrible person. I, I did bad. And so I should feel bad. Um, but it's like, but the root word, you know, just change your mind. And so, it's, you know, but it's like that, you know, confession, contrition and change, really thinking about how that really takes into account that word, you know, you know, metanoia is this confession, just acknowledging that this is wrong thinking. Like it keeps leading to wrong, you know, things in my life that are broken, you know, and it keeps, you know, like in your counseling sessions, you probably know these people that are like, I can't change. It feels like I'm stuck. You know, I, I know that I'm stuck and I don't like my life right now. But it's like I don't know where to go, and so then there's like the okay, we feeling the weight of that's wrong. This there's something better, like there's hope, there's vision, there is something ahead of me that is better and, and more life giving, um, and so and then change. So actually taking like you said, taking the making a plan and taking action to pursue the better future. But the thing is, Alan, if people don't know what they're they, people don't know what they want their mind to be changed to mm -hmm. or what their mind could be changed to or, and as much as I hate this word, what their mind should be changed to. If they don't know that, then they're, they're kind of flying blind. And I think mm -hmm. that part of your responsibility as, as a pastor and part of my responsibility as a coach is to help people see what their mind can be what their mm. mind can do, what their yeah. mind can think in a way that, that is productive, that is holy, that is healthy, that is, that is good, you know? Right. And so it's, it's one thing to tell somebody, repent, change your mind, but it's, it's a totally different thing to tell them what their mind could actually do right. and what it could be changed into. It almost seems like that word, you know, this, to say, change your mind, like you know, to say, repent, needs to come on the on the heels of vision like yes. here's what life would be here here's what your life could be like here's a much better way of living here's what you know here's what the scripture says like here's the the way the truth mm -hmm. and the life here's the hope here's the joy in the way you know the way to walk in the way to to think and the way that to live you know why that, that that's the thing i love about you know where we're at right now is you know looking at you know that you know, what simon sinek said on, the, on his TED talk, start with why. People don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. You know, right. they don't rally around what you do, they're rallying around why you do it. Like people don't go into marches on the streets because they want to go out for a march on the streets, unless they're like wanting to video, you know, video cam, you know, with their phones. Right. Or, you know, or yeah, but they go out because they're inspired and ignited by the why. They're ignited by the purpose. And that's so the way that I work with clients kind of goes like this. Let me see if I can do this. It works on a number line like this, where 
the middle of the number line, zero, is where you are right now, today. And therapy takes you from takes you from where you are today and drags you all the way back through to negative 10. You deal with all the stuff from your past, all of the things that you've been through up to this point, everything that, that led you through the door today. Mm. What I do is I help you figure out what positive 10 is, okay? Mm. And then we make a plan to get there. Sure. And that's where the repentance process comes in is that you make a plan for positive 10 what is mm. positive 10 for you? Mm. What does that look like in, in your spiritual life, in your thought life? And you make a plan to get there. Yeah. But if you don't know what positive 10 is, mm. and all you're doing is drudging up, this is who I used to be, used to think, used to whatever, like yeah. then, then you're not going to move forward. And the idea is to help people move forward, to think differently, to mm. act differently, to, to be differently, you know, yeah. in this world. And so yeah. it just, it requires a plan. Yeah, to get better. That's what we, want. we want to get better. We want to live a, a life that's not boring. You know, that's one thing that we say at Shift Church is, you know, we don't believe that God created life to be boring True. or mundane or yeah. to be, you know, be, you know, constantly, especially our faith is not meant to be lived under the weight of condemnation and guilt and shame. Because I think so, you know, where so often, the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Freedom. We're free. You know, yeah. it's just like we were talking about the other day. Like we're holy, act like it. You know, yeah. we're free, act like it. Like yeah. where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Yeah, and giving people the the opportunity, like the opportunity to see that. So like you said, replacing the the former, it's giving like, and I keep saying this word, vision. Like giving people a vision, like they, you know, to see it, to see, okay, this is real, this is believable. I, can, this can happen. God actually wants this for me. Absolutely. What? God Absolutely. wants me to be joyful. God wants me to be blessed and to live a, a happy life. You know, not, God's not just focused on my happiness, like and just so need happy. all the other people around you. So does your community. Your mm. community wants you to be joyful. Your community. Yeah want you to be holy and satisfied and living an abundant life. The Lord yeah. wants that for you and so do your people. And mm -hmm. I think that's really important to know is that we're not like in, and if they don't, let me just say that if you're surrounded by people who do not want God's best for you, who mm -hmm. do not want to see you living a joyful, fulfilled, holy, God honoring, satisfying, abundant, amazing mm -hmm. life. They got to go. Mm. They got to go. Those are not your people. Mm. You find your people. You find your people who are for you and you surround yourself with those people. And if that ends up being three people, then that is three people who are for you. You are mm -hmm. better off having three people who are for you in community with you mm -hmm. than a dozen people who are eh about you. It ain't mm. worth it. You need people who have got your back all the time, no matter mm. what. Yeah, even that. It's actually one of the things that we've been talking about too is is the word love. Mm. Yeah, that word agape. You know, not yeah. it doesn't doesn't just mean unconditional. Like unconditional is like, you know in the in the in the umbrella chart of like what you know the different meanings of love. Like it's mm -hmm. down here. Like unconditional is like down here. Like the root word of like both the you know from Hebrew the the chesed, you know, and the and the you know the Greek agape, is this connotation of steadfast devotion. 
Mm-hmm. Like that is the root word of agape. I am steadfastly devoted in a godly love to you, as Jesus, as God is steadfastly devoted to His people, as God is steadfastly devoted to you and me. Um, God, that is that is uh, that agape love, steadfast okay. devotion. And I love these words you said: surrounding yourself with three people who are steadfastly devoted to you. Not, not just making you happy, but wanting you to thrive, wanting you to flourish. Uh, and mm-hmm. sometimes that might take saying, hey, do you recognize you're a procrastinator? Do you recognize, like, you know, I am, you know, do you recognize that you are addicted to this? Do you recognize that this isn't good for you? Do you recognize? So it's like, it's helping them to enter into, and that's why I said, faithful are the wounds of a friend in, in script in Proverbs, right? Yeah. Faithful are the, wound, are the wounds of a friend and uh, uh, deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. And 11 years ago, we promised each other that we would always love God more than we loved each other, which mm-hmm. meant we would always tell each other the truth. Yeah. We would speak true to each other in love, but mm-hmm. that I would always be obedient to God before I was like, um, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I just kind of okay. slid up for a second. <laughs> that, um, that I would always be obedient to speak the truth of God to you mm-hmm. because I love God more than I love you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's important. Yeah. I mean, that's, that was even in my vows to Amberlynn is, is this, I vow to love God, you know, to pursue God's heart first and, you know, Amberlynn's, you know, Amberlynn's heart second. So even in our marriage, yeah. they come second. And I, the thing that I think gets in the way is like polity. Like we're so polite. We don't want to hurt people's feelings. Yeah. We don't. We're. We don't know where we stand in our relationships with people. I think that you and I had a DTR a hundred times. You know, like <laughs> making sure like we're good, we're friends, nothing's coming between us. Like whatever, you know. Like we know where we stand with each other. You know, we know what bodies are buried. We we know that that we have each other's back, mm. and, and that that covenant version of friendship is yeah. so important that, I mean, it, it just allows us to speak real truth into each other's life in a way that, that you don't have if, if you, if you are unsure of your friendship, if you don't know what's going to happen, if you say a hard mean thing to somebody and yeah. by mean, I mean like honest and truthful in love, it's going to, you know, and so if you don't know where you stand with your friends, like find out, just, Sit down and ask them, you know, like, hey, if I had something really hard to say to you, would that be okay? Would you be okay with that? Like, or try it. If you've got something that you feel like the Lord's given you to say to somebody, say it, see what Mm -hmm. happens. Because realistically, like, if you're being obedient to the Lord, if you're speaking truth to people, then, and they walk away from it, like, that's not on you. Like, Mm -hmm. those aren't your people. You know, your people stay and mm-hmm. and your people stick around and your people can hear hard truth and your people will speak hard truth. And those are the kind of deep God honoring relationships that I think communities thrive because of, you know, yeah. Waco mm-hmm. was is is better because people are doing that, that, that mm-hmm. Montana is better because people are doing that. And yeah. anyway. Yeah, I sure. have to go. I've got a client I've got to to, to mess with. <laughs> so um, I uh, adore you. I'm glad I got to join in for just a little bit. I love yeah. you. Agape. Y'all have a wonderful you day. You're, you too. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
And I think that's really important as we as we uh, as we think about that you know godly relationships, uh, specifically in the church. Like, what does it mean to be a good friend? Uh, looking you know, when, to be a steadfastly devoted, you know, to act in love, to walk in love, um, to to be to speak words, yes, um, of kindness and 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 love and and compassion. You know, compassion is this: my heart goes out to you. Um, speaking truth to people, uh, but not just like, oh, you couldn't handle the truth, but like making sure that when you're speaking these words of truth that, man, they, they know that you love them, that you are devoted to them. Yeah, and that is, that is what we're, we're wanting to do here at Shift Church. That's what this whole, you know, this, this plan, this is the, you know, this is the plan. We're talking about plan. This is our plan. We have, you know, it's about an hour read or so, about 45 minutes or so to read, to go through. It's got, you know, lots of pictures, um, <laughs> created all these myself, but you know, there, there's a plan in place um, because we want to pursue authentic relationships. Uh, our vision itself, you know, let me, let me just take, take you through that. Our vision specifically is just that. Our, our, our specific, our unique why at shift is this is to you're gonna come out oh, look, yeah look it comes out right right side out uh so our vision at shift church is to execute an intentional relationally driven strategy for personal spiritual transformation so that together we can accomplish the work that god has given us to do authentic relationships there's that's one of the words in this in this book in this in this plan that is repeated over and over and over again is authentic 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 um because we want everything that we do to be authentic to be real to be tangible uh to be um something that we can that is tangibly um positive for our lives um that helps us to get better to grow to mature um to you know this uh, to grow in our faith, to grow in our ability to live life, to, to, to think, like I said, to think right, to have right thinking, as, we, as I preached this past Sunday, because right thinking leads to right action. With, you know, right vision, a right, you know, intention, right heart leads to a right, you know, a right plan leads to right execution. That's why I said we want to execute an intentional relationally driven strategy. Um, and then the rest of it is just this, is this plan. You know, just introduce you back, introduce you back to the plan. So this is our plan, and our mandate is that you know is that shifting everyday relationships into authentic. There's that word again, authentic community to live God's adventure. Because remember, we believe that God did not create life to be boring. Um, you know, so you know, shifting it into you know, authentic community to what to live God's adventure fully alive. To live God's adventure fully alive because again we didn't believe that we don't believe that god created life to be boring we believe that god you know, created life to be abundant and joyful and be a blessing and for us to be a blessing to one another and for us to help one another grow and to flourish in our lives um and so that's where that man our mandate our rally cry at shift church came from and then we have our map and so this is where you can see yourself you know big circle you know now it's going to be on right now it's online Right, so be a part of that big circle on Sundays. Right now, this is what this is. This is kind of a, a big circle-ish, you know, kind of, you know, mass video to the to the you know to be helpful. We want everything right now. We want is to be helpful to our lives and our faiths. Um, and then that mid circle, 
the small that app group, this community that we're that we're uh, these these small communities that are rallied around what excites us. What excites you to get out of bed in, in the morning? What excites you? Like I said, like what is that vision? You know, people don't buy what you do; they buy why you do it. Okay, we're getting together in small groups. Why? Why do we want to get together in small groups? Why should I show up? You know, for for you know a few of them right now, like we have a group that's all about women's fitness, women getting together to punch a bag around boxing, um, but they come together twice a week to work out because they want they call it body shift because they want to grow in health, become healthier, um, grow and become stronger, but not just become stronger physically, become stronger mentally, become stronger emotionally, become stronger spiritually. Um, and so it's this seeing the body, you know, seeing, seeing the person as a whole thing, your know, body, mind, heart, and soul, as we've been, the, our series breakthrough that we've been going through. Um, but, you know, but they come together every other week to come together to meet and to discuss and to grow in their faith, to grow in relationship. Um, because again, that authentic community, relationships that might on a Sunday morning just become, you know, like, hey, how's it going? You know, hey, how's the weather? Cool. Yeah, it's snow today. Um, or, hey, how's your dog? You know, you know, hey, I want to go hiking this past weekend. Yeah, that those are great. But it's like there's an intention behind getting together in an ad group. What excites you? What draws you together so that you can join together um, and come and, and create relationships, relationships, authentic community. There's that word again. Uh, creating authentic community together because you're being drawn to get together with someone, with, with other people. Um, and so everything we've done is on purpose. There's the, that plan, right? So taking our lives where we were, isolated, alone, maybe just trying to do our faith with Sunday morning and, you know, Bible studies on our own, but like joining with other people to do our faith together, to grow in relationships together. Um, and then again, ending up in that small circle relationship, which is that one-on-one -on -one close personal relationship with someone. Because like I said, we don't believe that, we, you know, you can know everyone, no matter how small the church is. Not everyone, you can't know everyone in a meaningful way, but you, you can't have a be per, close and personal meaningful relationship with someone, with, with, with everyone, but everyone in the church can have a close, personal, meaningful relationship with someone. Uh, that is, and that is where that the jazz happens, as we say. That is where the, the growth happens. That is where the, uh, the transformation, the personal, spiritual transformation, like in our vision, that's where I think that is the most likely place for it to be able to happen the best um and so and then we have our values which keep us in line but you know all of this is on our website so you can actually go to our website uh go to theshiftchurch.com and uh you can actually go and search right there you can there's a button to click um on sunday if you want to join us live go to our page um and go and go on there and see our vision you can actually download this this you know, the plan uh, on our website, uh, you can you know, download it to your web. To, you, know, you can view it on, on the website. Um, there's a whole lot more stuff on the website. There you can you know catch up with our most current uh, our most current sermon series on breakthrough. Uh, we just finished up the body and we just started the mind. Uh, I think we're going to probably detour for this this coming week or two. Uh, just in the midst of everything, I think we we kind of need to shift gears a little bit for just a little while. But I think going back to where we started this 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 meeting to be is this wanting to see change in our lives. As we say, shift, shifting our thinking, shifting our trajectory, shifting directions, um, because shifting you know, in, in car speak, right? You know, shifting gears is always a positive. You're always going forward unless you're going reverse. 
Um, and once you're and when you're going forward, the last thing you want to do is shift it into, into reverse because then you'll grind your gears um, or you know and just or just live life in neutral, shifting into gear, you know, to go. Sometimes you need more power in your life. Sometimes you need a downshift to get more power to go up the hill. Uh, sometimes it's you know, you're 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 coasting, and so you can go you know upshift, you know, shift into high gear, right? Uh, that's when you're coasting, getting a lot, getting more momentum. You got moment, momentum, and your life is going. But what is helping you along the way? Where are you shifting your thinking along the way? Recognizing when you need to shift gears. Recognizing when something in your life needs to change, needs to shift. Um, because that's what we've just been talking about with this whole time with Kim. Um, is instead of you know figuring out okay what went what brought us to where we were at a zero. From negative 10 and what does our plus 10 look like what is plus 10 thriving flourishing on the other end of life right now look like and i think right now it's so timely in our time with with this coronavirus what does life look like on the other side um so start you know start a hashtag that's the you know when this is over uh when this is all over or something, you know uh when this is over what does life look like for us what does life look like for you you know, maybe it doesn't look very different. You know, maybe right now you're you're a stay-at-home mom with a couple of toddlers, and you know that's where you're at in life is hanging out at home. You know, like with Anne Berlin, my wife. You know, this is pretty much her life all the time for the most part is hanging out at home with the kids. The only difference is now I'm home with her, and you know I'm getting stir crazy because I'm an extrovert and I'm like I gotta get outside. Um, <laughs> so. Um, so it's kind of maybe sometimes stressing her and the kids out because they're not able to do their normal like routine, right? Uh, but it's like, how can we help create a new norm in our house? How can, you, how can you create a new norm in your life? What does life look like for you on the other side of coronavirus? You know, what does life look like for you? I don't want to say like, you know, kind of cast a vision for August. You know, our prayer is that it's over. Our prayer is that, you know, we're coming into the worst of it. Um, and that's been about a, a month coming. And so maybe a month from next week, we're going out. Hopefully, you know, hopefully people don't just like say, okay, the worst is over. So now we can just relax. And so it, you know, creates this resurgence, you know, but it's this wanting to envision our life. Like you said, talk about get a vision for our lives on the other side of this. What does a vision for our lives look like for you personally? What does your household look like? What do your finances look like? What is your personal, what are your personal relationships look like? What are maybe relationships that you need to cut out of your life? What are maybe some relationships that you need to shift? Maybe you need to actually invest in relationships, other relationships in, in your life. What are, you know, can you join? Now, here's another thing. Can you engage with this vision? Can you, do you see yourself in this? Do you see yourself saying, man, I need relationships. I need to get around people. I need to, I need to flourish. I mean, I've seen my life is, is suffering my, my life had even before this coronavirus i felt lonely i felt isolated i felt like i was going out and maybe doing this these adventures or going and working a job and just you know almost like living my life in neutral you know i was trying to live life but it was not going well uh, so what could life look like for you relationally on the other side of this as we're like right now we're socially distancing um and so what does it look like for you on the other side of this uh, to see a better vision for your life of relationally engaging um, with with other people, uh, specifically growing in every area, as we say here at Shift, growing in every area of your humanity. 
you know, you are a, a human and as a human, you are a whole being. You're not just a body. I'm sorry. You're not just a soul with a body. You're not just a soul and a mind because oftentimes many, you know, many churches kind of treat people like a soul and a mind. You know, want to get saved and then grow your knowledge of the Bible. That's, and those are like the two things uh, that a lot of churches you know, have thrived on. And in, in my life too, I was, you know, growing, growing up that way. But it's like, what does it look like for us to see ourselves as a whole person, body, our health, our mind, you know, our mental state, our, our emotional health, our, our heart, our emotions, seeing our heart is good. Um, you know, it is not deceitful among all, all the things. It's, un, it's misunderstood. Um, how, how do we see our, our heart as, as a whole part, a part of our whole being that God wants to bring health to and, and our spirit? How do we see ourselves as a whole person, as a whole being, and make a plan for our lives? How do we shift our thinking, change our thinking, right? As, as that word metanoia, repent, you know, change your mind, shift your thinking. What does it look like to shift your thinking um, and for the future of, your, of our lives? Set goals for our lives, you know, break ourselves down in you know, six goal categories and look at them. Okay, what are like three, like I talked about last week, what are three things that you, you know, goals for each area of our lives, you know, our health and wealth and um, our, our spirit, our marriage, our family, uh, our personal lives, our time, basically like, what does it look, what does a goal look like for you? Um, and then what, and then journal about it, just journal, what do, what do you envision for your life? What do you envision um, this could look like? What have you, what do you envision that your marriage could look like? What do you envision that your personal life, your friendships could look like, your relationships with others? What do you envision that your health could look like, uh, if, or your or your money? Like, what is your finances? What 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 can you envision your finances looking like? Because um, that's a big strain right now, especially with a lot of people out of work or having to work, you know, being laid off or or furloughed. Uh, man, there's a lot of stress and strain out there for a lot of folks. Um, and those who are not, those who are still able to work, you know, how can we help one another uh, in the church? To you know, how can we help one another to thrive? Uh, during this time. Um, so I hope this has given you a lot to think about uh, today. I mean, there's a lot, a lot more that we can talk about. And so and we, and we will, we'll, we'll be talking about that in the coming days. If you just joined, uh, you know, a little bit, a little behind, man, go back, um, go and, and see, this is probably, I think, honestly, one of the most vital uh, videos that I think I've, I've ever done uh, through so far since we've, we've launched this shift. So man, I tell you, and share this video with your friends, share this on social media. Um, get this word out because I think what Kim and I talked about this morning, what the Lord has been stirring in this time, man, I think it's so important. It's so vital in our lives. It's so vital in the life of our church. It's so vital in our world today. So share the heck out of it, uh, live it, breathe it, uh, man, and, and engage with it. So we're going to be talking about this uh, in, in the days and weeks and possibly months to come. So um, what does it look like for us to thrive on the other side of COVID? So um, let me pray and we'll, and we'll, I'll let you get to the rest of your day. God, I thank you so much for this time. God, I thank you so much for Lord, beloved friends that you're, that you're still, you know, drawing close, uh, in these close friendships and ability to, to, to still do ministry together, even from thousands of miles away. And just thank you so much, Lord, for, um, the way that you draw us close together, um, as brothers and sisters in Christ and, uh, Lord, as, as you are, as you are working, God, you are working. We have faith, God, that you are working in this time. We have faith that you are working in our midst. We have faith that you are moving 
among us to do powerful and incredible things in the life in our in our lives individually and in the life of our church in the life of our uh, in our world you're doing powerful things uh good things and you you desire to to work all things for the good of those who love you and are called called according to your purpose so god i pray that you would help us and, and inspire us to engage with a vision to see our lives better on the other side of, of this crisis and god give us a vision of what life looks like give us a vision um, for for flourishing god we thank you we praise you. We give you all the honor, all the glory. And we give you all of our faith. We put all of our faith and all of our trust and all of our hope in you, Jesus, because that is what we need right now. We need hope. Lord, show us hope. Show us your courage to make it through, not just to endure, but to thrive through this time, Jesus, no matter the trial or, or the tribulation going on. Help us to use it for, for, for good. And Lord, help us to use it to give you glory throughout all of this. In Jesus' name we pray all of it. Amen. All right, you guys have a wonderful day. We will see you guys tomorrow.